Welcome to day 325 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. I'm Matt here with David and Katie, and we're continu- continuing our way through Ezekiel's vision of the temple. Now, yesterday we saw the vision of the, the inner temple where we actually got to, to see the, the glimpse of the restoration of the Holy of Holies, that you know there is a place being prepared again where God is prepared to dwell. And and just seeing and being reminded of the holiness of God, that God is a holy God, and He has called us in turn to be a holy people. You know, in fact, that's the, the language that Peter picks up when he speaks of us. He says, we are a holy nation. We are a people who have been set apart by God. And um, we find ourselves in Ezekiel 42 today, and and that theme of holiness continues through, that as the rooms that are being prepared for the priests are being restored, uh, we're reminded that the priests were called and set apart by God to be a holy people. And and that distinction between the holy and the profane, you know, went all the way even to the types of clothing that the priests were to wear. And, and so, if you remember previously in the, the book of Ezekiel, uh, kind of the last time we, we see these visions of um, Israel's worship and, and maybe just think of the life of, of Israel, if you will, you know, so much of what happened in the temple, you know, desecrated the temple and, and you saw the unholiness of, of God's people and, and them, um, rather than, you know, honoring his name or, you know, just despising, you know, the Lord. And, and so he's, he's put up with it for long enough. They're in exile. We saw the vision of Ezekiel early on that his people were not worshiping the Lord and, and you know, and, and all, and just single-hearted devotion. Uh, and, and here we find a restoration uh, of the temple and that restoration is going to include um, everything, you know, this, this incredible vision. And so uh, as we read today, uh, Ezekiel 42, we'll get to see the, the rooms that are prepared for the priest. Um, but before we do, we want to pray and, um, and ask God to, to bless our time together. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this time together as we um, as we enter into the vision of the restored temple. Uh, Father, what an, an encouragement this is to us. What a great hope held out to us uh, in this vision. Uh, would you encourage our hearts uh, today? Would you remind us of all that you've done in Christ Jesus? And, and Father, would we be moved um, to, to obedience, to, to faithfulness, um, Father, that you would be glorified in us, uh, that our joy would be made complete, and that the good of this city would flourish. Uh, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 42. Then the man led me northward into the outer court and brought me to the rooms opposite the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall on the north side. The building whose door faced north was a hundred cubits long and fifty cubits wide. Both in the section 20 cubits from the inner court and in the section opposite the pavement of the outer court, gallery faced gallery at the three levels. In front of the rooms was an inner passageway 10 cubits wide and 100 cubits long. Their doors were on the north. Now the upper rooms were narrower for the galleries took more space from from them than from the rooms on the lower and middle floors of the building. The rooms on the top floor had no pillars, as the courts had, so they were smaller in floor space than those on the lower and middle floors. There was an outer wall parallel to the rooms in the outer court. It extended in front of the rooms for 50 cubits. While the row of rooms on the side next to the outer court was 50 cubits long, the row on the side nearest the sanctuary was 100 cubits long. 
The lower rooms had an entrance on the east side as one enters them from the outer court. On the south side, along the length of the wall of the outer court, adjoining the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall, were rooms with a passageway in front of them. These were like the rooms on the north. They had the same length and width, with similar exits and dimensions. Similar to the doorways on the north were the doorways of the rooms on the south. There was a doorway at the beginning of the passageway that was parallel to the corresponding wall extending eastward, by which one enters the rooms. Then he said to me, The north and south rooms facing the temple courtyard are the priests' rooms, where the priests who approach the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. There they will put the most holy there they will put the most holy offerings, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings, for the place is holy. Once the priests enter the holy precincts, they are not to go into the outer court until they leave behind the garments in which they minister, for these are holy. They are to put on other clothes before they go near the places that are for the people. When he had finished measuring what was inside the temple area, he led me out by the east gate and measured the area all around. He measured the east side with the measuring rod. It was 500 cubits. He measured the north side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. He measured the south side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. Then he turned to the west side and measured. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. So he measured the area on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long and 500 cubits wide to separate the holy from the common. All right, that's Ezekiel 42. And, uh, you know, as we read this and think about the rooms prepared for the priest and even get to the end of it, you get this kind of this vast uh, measuring where they, they proceed out the east gate uh, and they begin to to measure you know, the east side with the measuring of 500 cubits. And you just get this this massive 500 cubits, 500 cubits, 500 cubits, 500 cubits. And, and then you get that last note. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long, 500 cubits wide to separate the holy from the common. And again, that's a, you know, we've, we've talked about this, um, some, but being reminded of the holiness of God and, and you think it back even, you know, to the, to the Mosaic covenant and all those regulations and, and this separating, you know, where, where you get these holiness codes or, um, you get kind of clean and unclean. We're, we're reminded that, that our God is a holy God and, and when we approach him and we come into his presence, we don't just get to draw near however we want to draw near, but instead we, we draw near, you know, according to his holiness. And, and so even here you see just this vast separation, you know, 500 cubits is, is massive. And, and you begin to see that, oh, there is a, a profound distinction between what is holy and what is, what is common. And we see that in the, the priests and their, their clothing, you know, but we're, we're seeing again, this restored, worship where God is at work restoring all things. He will ultimately restore the, the worship of his people and able to come to dwell with him again. He is a holy God. And so as Katie read this, what are some things that stood out to you guys? You know, one of the things, and you could maybe even argue, you know, the reason that Israel finds itself in exile in Babylon is a lack of the pursuit of holiness or even a lack of the concern for holiness. They they knew God was holy probably theologically. Um, they knew the sacrifices kind of helped bridge that gap between them as unholy people, him as a holy God. But you even see kind of, you know, 
their mindset, the way they viewed God is, is still a way that we can often view him that, well, yeah, he's holy, man. Thank goodness for Jesus who, you know, he kind of gives me his holiness and we kind of forget that as a people, we are called to pursue holiness as well, which I think for a lot of us, especially if you have like church baggage or kind of just religious baggage, it's like, oh my gosh, that just means I'm become a legalist and I'm kind of just as this rule person who's just kind of doing these things and performing these religious duties. And, mm-hmm. and that's one way of looking at it, but unfortunately it's the wrong way of looking at it because the pursuit of holiness is... And this is kind of where the whole biblical story has been heading anyways, is God trying to bring a people back to, hey, you know, this is the ideal way to live as a people. This is what's best for you, where you find thriving and joy and, and satisfaction. And so this idea of holiness for some of us, you know, it can kind of turn us off at first, but, but what's really going on is a holy God inviting the people to live in the way that he's called them to live with his heart, his character, mm-hmm. and actually finding a lot of joy in that. And so holiness, I think for a lot of us is, kind of like a taboo word or like a, a real serious word for super serious Christians. Mm. But it's actually just that the pursuit of the heart and the character of Christ okay. and, and taking that very seriously in the way we live, act, talk, think, and something that we can only achieve through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. As we were reading that, um, I just thought of Colossians three and how Paul encourages the church to, you know, put off these things, these um, things that are not of the Lord and put on these things that are. And so I thought it's so fitting to just um, with what we just read and what we are reading about the temple. But um, I thought it might be nice to just like close this, but with um, just reading part of this, um, this chapter. So it's Colossians chapter three. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then, of course, I got to finish this out. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Yeah, I just love that he talks about the putting off and putting on, um, but also that that God has gotten rid of that dividing wall of hostility, and 
he has welcomed all of us into his presence because of what Christ has done for us. So that's a, to me, that's a very fitting passage to close on um, when we're reading about the priest's garments and this future temple. So I would love to pray if you don't mind. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for your word and thank you for the ways that your word encourages us and um, convicts us. Would you be with us and go with us, God, um, throughout our day? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.